name. Amen and amen. Joshua chapter 15 to the end. Now remember, the Bible continually reminds us that it's a historical book. It's not a mythological book. The worst damage somebody can do against the Bible is by writing it off as it's all myth. But the Bible goes to exceeding degrees, giving its genealogies and the names of cities and rivers and locations of all kinds of things. And so as we go through this, we're not going to read it tonight, but as you want to read it on your own, you'll see that the landmarks they give are very much in existence today. The cities they mention, many of them are still in existence today. Sure enough, the mountains and the valleys are all there. So here in chapter 15, we see that the lot of the tribe of children of Judah, according to their families, the border of Edom, at the wilderness of Sin, southward, was the extreme south, southern boundary, and he goes on to describing it in detail and which family lived where. And we have a map. And... Uh, Night. These guys showed me how to work it. There, it's me. It's just me. That's the problem. Okay, so we have the tribe of Judah here in this area, and so you can see the description here from uh, the, the Dead Sea all the way down to uh, the the southern end, and then all the way along here to the ocean and all this land along here, and. Um, Today, this land is very much in dispute. Uh, the Palestinian thinks they own it, they should own it. And uh, anyway, but uh, so we have here the, the tribe of Judah. And then secondly, in chapter 16, we have the tribe of Joseph. Now it begins describing, because remember Joseph had two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh. And uh, here we have the description first of Ephraim, which is right here in this area. <clears throat> and then we have um, the tribe of Manasseh in chapter 17. And remember, half of the tribe stayed on the western side, which is in the country of Jordan today. And then the other half of the tribe came across in the promised land, and they got right snack dab in the middle of some of the best plush land uh, of, of Israel. So they were very, very blessed in the city of Megiddo there. And then we have chapter 18, actually chapter 17, verse 12. There was something that uh, the tribe of Manasseh had sort of a difficulty over. And in verse 12, it says, Yet the children of Manasseh could not drive out the inhabitants of those cities, but the Canaanites were determined to dwell in that land. Now understand, God conquered the area. He was basically saying, we will conquer the kings, we'll conquer their armies, we'll give you the cities, but then it's up to you and your faith. Be it unto you according to your faith. When we go into Judges next week, we're going to see this is one of the first things on the list. Sorry, guys. One of the first things on the list was the fact that the people weren't possessing their possessions, and they were all getting crowded out into these little tiny spots, and they weren't prospering. And it was up to them uh, to, God did his part, it was up to them to walk according to their faith. And so it happened in verse 13, when the children of Israel grew strong, that they put the Canaanites to forced labor, but they did not utterly drive them out. That was one of the commands of God. He said, if you don't get rid of them, they will entice you 
and their wicked ways. Ultimately, you will worship their gods and you'll end up in bondage. And in verse 14, then the children of Joseph spoke to Joshua saying, why have you given us only one lot and one share to inheritance since we are a great people inasmuch the Lord has blessed us until now? They did have the largest population. And so Joshua answered them, if you are a great people, (laughs) I'm not giving that one to you. Then go up to the forest country and clear the place for yourself. There is in the land the Perizzites and the giants, since the mountains of Ephraim are too confined for you. But the children of Joseph said, The mountain country is not enough for us. And all the Canaanites who dwell in the land, the valley, uh, have chariots and irons. Both of those uh, of Bethshan and its towns are those who are of the valley of Jezreel. The Jezreel Valley, known mostly as the Valley of Armageddon, the most fertile farmland in the world. And Joshua spoke to the house of Joseph, to Ephraim and Manasseh, saying, You are a great people and have great power. You shall not only have one lot, but the mountain country shall be yours. Although it is wooden, you shall cut it down, and its farthest extent you shall be yours, for you dwell out You drive out the Canaanites, though uh, they have iron chariots and are strong. So here he says, you're right, you're a strong people. Take anything you want, go for it. Go up there and clear out the mountains and conquer the Canaanites. I believe that God will give you the strength. You guys are people of faith. Go for it, do it. And uh, so then in chapter 18, uh, we come down to verse 11, and we have the tribe of Benjamin. And tribe of Benjamin, I have a mark, I can't remember half the time. There it is, right there, I'm pointing right at it. Right here, the tribe of Benjamin. Remember, it's the smallest tribe, and it was hooked to the tribe of Judah, and eventually they become, they acted as one tribe, even though they were separate, they were really one tribe. And so, um, Benjamin was given that territory. Chapter 19, we've got Simeon. And Simeon dwelled within the borders of Judah here. And again, they were a small people and they needed the protection of Judah as well. And then in verse uh, chapter 19, verse 10, we have the tribe of Zubalin. And that's right up here, another small little part, not too far away from the Sea of Galilee. And then in chapter 20, see chapter 17, we have Ishakar. Right here, another small little territory, also not too far from the Sea of Galilee. And then in verse uh, 24, we have Asher. And Asher, well, everyone knows where Asher is. I don't know if you pointed out. Um, no, let's see. Okay, say warm or getting colder or warm. There we are. Okay, I knew where it was. I was just wanting you to know. So here we are, the beautiful coastland up to Tyre. And then in verse 32, the land of Nithili, and we also know where that is. There, it's up here. And they actually do possess half of the Sea of Galilee. The Jordan River comes down to here. Jordan River continues down here into the Dead Sea. And then in chapter 40 is Dan, over here, right on the coastline. It's a beautiful, beautiful coastline right there. And uh, Joppa, you guys remember Joppa? It's part of Tel Aviv today. But uh, that's the place that Um, Jonah went down and got a boat to go the opposite direction from where he was supposed to go to the Assyrians. 
and then also it's a place where Peter prayed and heard he was in a trance on the top of the roof and heard that uh, there's some guys coming, go with them, and they took him to chapter, Acts chapter 10 to Cornelius' house, a Gentile, and preached the gospel to him. And then in verse 47 here, And the border of the children of Dan went beyond these because the children of Dan went up and to fight against the Leshem and took it. They struck it with the edge of the sword, took possession of it, dwelt in it. They called Leshem Dan, after the name of Dan, their father. So we sort of go back earlier to where the, the half of the tribe of Manasseh in, in chapter 17 was complaining about have, not having enough land. And here's Dan. They never even come to Joshua on it. They just say, hey, we're a great and mighty people. We're going to go take it. We're going to possess our possessions. And, uh, and so they did exactly that. Now, uh, in chapter 20 and 21, we have the cities of refuge. And again, remember, we talked about this. When somebody was accidentally killed, they had what was called the family honor. In order for their family to save face, they had to go kill this guy. It may have been his best friend. The axe head flew off and hit his best friend, and he's in trauma over it. But he knows he, he, the family, to keep their honor, has to get away from this guy. There's many cultures today, believe it or not, that still hold that. Uh, most of the tribes in uh, New Guinea and other parts of the world, they still hold to that law to this day. Well, again, it's an unjust law, but God, again, gave many laws out of concession. And so he knew he couldn't take this away from their culture at this time. So he created in chapter 20 and chapter 21 uh, the cities of refuge. They start on the eastern side. And um, you can see them as you look at the red dots there. But the first one is up here. And I can't, Kadesh. And then the second one comes down here to Shechem. And then they come down here to Almond. And then they come down here to Hebron. Then it comes over here. And we have one here at Bezir. And then up here to Ramoth Gilead. And then over here to Golan, the Golan Heights. So those are the six. Those are the six. So let's say somebody's over here uh, by the coast, say in Tel Aviv area. They accidentally kill somebody. They have to run as fast as they can. The Levites' job was to keep those roads completely clear, completely from holes and, tum- and, and pieces of wood, anything that might keep them. And they'll run as fast as they can to get to this city. And the law was as they would stay there until the high priest died. Then they could go home. And, uh, and so again, it was a horrible law. The Levites, each of those cities of refuge were their cities. And so it was sort of a cool thing because maybe there was an accidental death, but where did you go? You are uprooted from your family. Here you are sort of in a prison. But who's there? A whole bunch of Levites. <laughs> a bunch of priests there to, to minister to you. And so if you would, it could be sort of a, a commune uh, and a time of growth in the, in the Lord. And then in, remember the Levites did not, could not own property because the Lord was their inheritance. But he did give them several cities, the cities of refuge and many others, that they could live in the cities and they were allotted a land out, right outside the wall of the city all around. And there were numbers of cities so they could have cattle, they could grow and have gardens. 
and uh, they could have, you know, a nice little grapevine out there where they have some chairs under it to sit and study the word and read and pray. And so although they weren't given land, they were sort of given that land uh, to use um, because, again, God was their portion. And so in chapter 22, we have here now the tribes that were mentioned earlier on, unfortunately, the wrong side of the Jordan River in what is today Jordan, but outside the promised land. So remember, we have Manasseh here. Half of the tribe said, we don't want to go. We want to stay here. And then you have the tribe of Gad and the tribe of Reuben. All of these stayed on the wrong side of the Jordan River. They were the first to be compromised. They were the first to be attacked. They uh, were the first to turn from God. Eventually, they were the, 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 the first to be destroyed. Remember, years later, Jesus came right here to what was known as the Gadareans because the tribe of Gad possessed this. And remember when he came, there was a couple of demon-possessed guys and they came uh, running at Jesus and um, Jesus there stopped them and even the demon wasn't coming out when he was commanded to come out. And he said, what is your name? And he said, we are legion, which is 6,000 demons. Uh, We are many So remember, Satan lies, so there's probably 250. But uh, either way, once he got the name, he cast out the demons. And then uh, the demons begged him, before you cast us out, send us into some pigs. Interesting, all along the Sea of Galilee, there's only one steep place that goes into the Galilee, and it's right there. It's one of those places we know the exact spot. And so the pigs um, were possessed by the demons, and they ran into the ocean and committed suicide. It's also the first mention of Devil Tam. But anyway, those are just reasons you come Sunday night. That's all I can say. Well, in chapter 22 there, so Joshua called the Reubenites, the Gadites, half-tribe of Manasseh, and said to them, you have kept all, the, all that Moses, had, the servant of the Lord, has commanded you. You have obeyed my voice and all that I've commanded you. You have not left your brethren these many years up to this day. Remember, they had to leave their family and stay fighting until they were, they were able to go. They were given permission to go home. You have kept the charge of the command of the Lord your God. And now the Lord your God has given rest to your brethren. He has promised them now. Therefore, return and go to the tents and to the land of possession, which Moses, the servant of the Lord, uh, gave you on the other side of the Jordan. But take careful heed. Do not... Uh, do the commandment and the law which Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you to love the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, to keep his commandments, to hold fast to him, and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. And Joshua blessed them and sent them away, and they went to their tents. And uh, in chapter, in verse 21, there, the children of Reuben, the children of Gad, and the half tribe of Manasseh answered and said, Uh, to the heads of the divisions of Israel. The Lord God of our gods, the Lord God of gods, he knows that let Israel itself know it is in rebellion, it is not in rebellion, if it is in rebellion, or if the treachery against the Lord do not save us this day. Now they had had built an altar because they were afraid. You know, the, the Jordan River rises... And uh, they wouldn't be able to cross over at the time they're supposed to go to the temple in Jerusalem eventually. 
And uh, they thought if there's wars or whatever, they wouldn't be able to go. They'd have to defend themselves. And eventually that the children of Israel would count them out. And so they built an altar by the name of Ed, which means witness. And, uh, and so now they're, they're, they've been told, all the different tribes have been told this, and they're saying, we've got to go kill them because they're building, they're building false false uh, idols and worshiping other gods. But in verse 24, but in fact we have done it not done it for fear, for the reason saying, in time to come your descendants may speak to our descendants saying, what have you to do with the Lord God of Israel? For the Lord has made the Jordan border between you and us, you children of Reuben and children of Gad, and you have no part in the Lord. So your descendants would make our descendants cease from fearing the Lord. Therefore we said, let us now prepare and build ourselves an altar, not for burnt offerings, nor for sacrifices. Only the Levitical priests can do that. But that it may be a witness, there it is, Ed, between you and us, our generation with us, that we may perform the service of the Lord before him with our burnt offerings, with our sacrifices, with our peace offerings, that your descendants may not say to our descendants in the time to come, you have no part in the Lord. Therefore, we said that it will be when they say this to us or to our generation in that time to come that we may say, here is the replica of the altar of the Lord, which our fathers made, though not for burnt offerings nor for sacrifices, but it is a witness between you and us. For for far be it from us that we should rebel against the Lord and turn from the following of the Lord and this uh, day to build an altar to our burnt offerings for grain offerings and for sacrifices besides the altar of the Lord our God is before his tabernacle. Now, when Phinehas, the priest, and the rulers of the congregation, the heads of the divisions of Israel, when, who were with him, heard the words of the children of Reuben and the children, and children of Gad, that the children of Manasseh and the children of Manasseh, they spoke, it pleased them. And Phinehas, the son of Eleazar, the priest, said to the children of Reuben, the children of Gad and the children of Manasseh, this day we perceive that the Lord is amongst us because you have not committed this treachery against the Lord, nor have you delivered the children of Israel out of the hand of the Lord. And so, uh, again, they did it because they knew they're going to be disconnected. Of course they're going to be disconnected. They're not inside the promised land. And, uh, and so their fears eventually gave way, their children eventually started burning sacrifices to it and worshiping a God that they made up. And God, sure enough, sent a prophet from Judah over to Israel, a young man, we don't know his name, and he prophesied against the altar to be destroyed. And the king stepped up and said, who are you? And right then, God shriveled his hand up. (laughs) And... uh, Basically, he went on and he destroyed the, the altar there. And then he healed the king. And then the Lord said, get back now to Judah. Well, the young man was persuaded by a false prophet who used to be a right-on prophet and persuaded him to stay. And, and it wasn't good for him for not obeying all the, the command that God gave him. Well, in chapter 23, 
Now it came to pass as long time after the Lord had given rest to Israel from all their enemies round about that Joshua's old advanced in age and Joshua called on Israel for their elders, for their heads, for their judges, for the officers and said to them, I am old advanced in age. You have seen all that the Lord God has done to all these nations because of you. For the Lord your God is he who has fought for you. See, I have divided to you by lot these nations that remain to be an inheritance for your tribes from Jordan, from all the nations that I have cut off as far as the great sea, the West Sea, referring to the Mediterranean. And the Lord, uh, see westward, excuse me, that would be the, the Dead Sea. And the Lord your God will expel them from before you and drive them out from your sight. So you shall possess the land as the Lord your God promised you. Therefore, be, be very courageous to keep and to do all that is written in the book of the law of Moses, lest you turn aside from the, to the right hand or to the left, unless you go among these nations, these who remain among you, you shall not make mention of the name of their gods, nor cause anyone to swear by their name. You shall not serve them, nor bow down to them. But you shall hold fast, cleave, I like the old King James, it says, cleave to the Lord your God as you have done to this day. For the Lord has driven out from before you the great and the strong nations, but as for you, no one has been able to stand against you to this day. No man of you shall chase, one man of you shall chase a thousand, for the Lord your God is he who fights for you, as he promised. Therefore, take careful heed to yourself that you love the Lord your God. Or else, if indeed you do go back and cling to the remnant of these nations, these that remain among you and make marriages with them and go in to them and they to you, know for certain that the Lord your God will be longer, uh, no longer drive out these nations from before you. But they shall be snares and traps to you and scourges on your sides and thorns in your eyes until you perish from this good land which the Lord your God has given you. Behold, this day I am going the way of all the earth, and you know in all your, in all your hearts and in all your souls that not, no, not one thing has failed of all the good things which the Lord God has spoken concerning you. All have come to pass for you. Not one word of them has failed. And that's a, that second part of verse 14 is just a great reminder. God has done all that he's promised. He's not lacking one thing. He's done all that he said. Therefore it shall come to pass, uh, as all the good things the Lord has come upon you, which the Lord God has promised you, so the Lord will bring upon you are harmful, all harmful things until he has destroyed you from the good uh, which the Lord your God has given you. So if you rebel and you back off, as good as you saw the hand of the Lord being good towards you, you will see equally the, the punishment of God uh, upon you. When you have transgressed the covenant of the Lord your God, it's interesting he doesn't say if, but he says when, um, which he commanded you and have gone gone and served the other gods and bowed down to them, then the anger of the Lord shall burn against you and you shall perish quickly from the good land which he has given you. In chapter 24, then Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel uh, to Shechem and called for the elders of Israel and their heads for the judges and all their officers and they presented themselves before God and Joshua said to all the people thus says the Lord God of Israel your fathers including Terah the father of Abraham and the father of Nahor dwelt on the other side of the river in old times and they served their other gods 
Then I took your father Abraham from the other side of the river, led him throughout all the land of Canaan, and multiplied his descendants and gave him Isaac. To Isaac I gave Jacob and to Esau. To Esau I gave the mountains of Seir uh, to possess. That's in the, the land of uh, Edomites down in, in uh, Petra. But Jacob and his children went down to Egypt. Also I sent Moses and Aaron and plagued Egypt according to which I did it among them. Afterwards I brought you out. Then I brought your fathers out of Egypt and you gave to them the sea. The Egyptian pursued your fathers and the chariots and the horsemen and into the Red Sea and they cried out to the Lord and he put darkness between them. The Egyptians brought the sea upon them and covered them and your eyes saw what uh, I did to Egypt. Then you dwelt in the wilderness a long time and I brought you into the land of the Amorites who dwelt on the other side of the Jordan. They fought with you but I gave them into your hand and you, and you might possess their land, and I destroyed them from before you. Then Balak, the son of Zephor, uh, the king of Moab, also to make war against Israel, and then sent um, and called Balaam, the son of Beor, to curse you. I would not listen to Balaam before he continued to bless you, so I delivered you out of this la- his land, his hand. Then you went over the Jordan and came to Jericho, and the men of Jericho fought against you all the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Girgashites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. But I delivered them into your hand. I sent the hornet before you, which drove them out from before you also, and the two kings of Amorites, but not with your sword or with your bow. I have given you a land for which you did not labor, cities which you did not build, and you dwelt in them, and you eat of the vines and the olive groves, which you did not plant. Therefore, fear the Lord, serve him in sincerity and in truth, and put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the river, and Egypt served the Lord. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourself this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the, or the, other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. I I love that sentence there. It's a great uh, plaque to put on your wall. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So the people answered and said, Far be it from us that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. For the Lord our God is he who brought us out of the, our fathers up out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, who did these great signs in our sight and preserved us in all the way that we went among all the peoples, though whom we passed. And the Lord drove out from before us all the people, including the Amorites who dwelt in the land. We also will serve the Lord, for he is our God. But Joshua said to the people, You cannot serve the Lord. For he is a holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your transgression nor your sins. If you forsake the Lord and serve other foreign gods, then he will turn and do harm and consume you after he has done you good. And the people said to Joshua, No, but we will serve the Lord. So Joshua said to the people, You are witnesses against yourself, that you will choose the Lord for yourselves and to serve him. And they said, We are witnesses. Now therefore he said, Put away the foreign gods which are among you. Incline your heart to the Lord God of Israel. And the people said to Joshua, The Lord our God we will serve, and his voice we will obey. So Joshua made a covenant with the people that day and made for them a statute and ordinance in Shechem. 
Then Joshua wrote these words in the book of the law of God. And he took a large stone and he set it up there under the oak that was by the sanctuary of the Lord. And Joshua said to all the people, Behold, this stone shall be a witness to us, for it has heard all the words of the Lord which he spoke to us. It shall therefore be a witness to you, lest you deny your God. So Joshua let the people depart, each to his own inheritance. Now it came to pass after these things that Joshua the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died, because one hundred and 110 years old. Now, I just might make a note here. You know, Moses was strong until the day he went to the mountain and the Lord took him. Joshua grew naturally of an old age, Aaron too, and some others. There's no shame in, in growing old and feeble and, and, uh, to, until you die in a feeble way. You know, I definitely think the Lord keeps us around to pray for all our crazy kids and grandkids. And I also think he, he keeps us around to be an example because we've been tried and tested. And I do think that the older people in our church have much more to give than they understand. And uh, you don't want to retire as a Christian at 50 or 60 or 70. You want to stay in the ministry because those are the greatest years of your ministry. You, you've been tried, you've been tested, you stumble and fell in many ways and you rose up. And uh, again here, don't, don't be ashamed of growing feeble or weak or unhealthy. This should not be a sign that something's wrong with you or, you know, if you were more righteous, you'd be healthy or crazy stuff like that I hear from some groups. And the Bible says when one is burdened, we should all be burdened. When one suffers, we should all suffer. And we should never look at somebody who's uh, suffering because of, an illness has come upon them and look at them in a lesser way. And in verse 30, they buried him with the, on the border of his inheritance at Tibnah, Sarah, which is in the mountains of Ephraim uh, on the north side of Mount Gash. Remember, he was an Ephraimite. Israel served the Lord all the days of Joshua and uh, all the days of the elders who outlived Joshua who had known all the works of the Lord, which he had done for them, or done in Israel. The bones of Joshua, when the children of Israel had brought up out of Egypt, uh, buried at Shechem. Remember, um, Joseph had told uh, his sons, and, and he promised them that one day God's going to take us out of Egypt. And when he does, you carry my bones with you. And I want to be buried in the promised land that God has promised we would get. Such a great faith of Joseph. So they buried him at Shechem. And now in the plot of ground which Jacob had brought for the sons of Amor, the father of Shechem, for 100 pieces of silver. Remember back in Genesis when he wanted to bury uh, Sarah? He bought some land. It's really just right as you're going from Jerusalem into Bethlehem. It's about a 10-minute drive uh, You know, it's not very far at all. But then you come, and here's this giant mound that's still this day, and it's the burial site of Sarah. I think a few years ago, uh, the Palestinians in revolt destroyed it. But uh, it was an amazing thing to see for quite some time. But which had become an inheritance of the children of Joseph. And Eleazar, the son of Aaron, died. They buried him in the hill belonging to Phinehas, his son, which was given to him in the mountains of Ephraim. So when we looked at the story early, earlier about 
the tribes of Gad and, and Reuben building this altar, it was already quite some time had passed. And all this, already Phineas, as we see him in that story, was the one in charge as the high priest. You've got to understand in Eastern religion, it's not a big deal to tell the story out of chronological order. It wasn't important to them. It was more important to say it at the, at the right time. Well, and next week in Judges, we're in for a power-packed time of some fabulous stories. And it picks up right where jo- Joshua le- leaves off. So Joshua makes a note that he was the writer of this book. Obviously, somebody wrote the last few verses about his death and burial. But right away, somebody picks up in and, and the book of Judges. Now, after the death of Joshua, it came to pass. And uh, we go right into a uh, smooth transition uh, into the years of the children of Israel living in the promised land. And uh, we will see those who kept God's promise and the blessings and those who didn't. Well, Lord, we thank you for your word tonight. And we do ask in Jesus' name that you would put in our hearts like Joshua's, for me and my house will serve the Lord. And the children of Israel, they said, the Lord is our God, we will serve him. That we would also purpose in our hearts, make a covenant with you in our hearts that we will do what you say, we will listen and obey. And we ask tonight that you would Stir us greatly right now as we have a moment to wait on you and you to speak into our lives. We ask that you would right now take the truths of this night and just imprint them deep into our heart. In Jesus' precious name, we bless you, Lord. Let's have a couple of guys just pray right now what's on their heart. They're getting ready.